0: Head over to jensheitland.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up. But now, let's get started with the podcast.
1: Magic, Magic, Magic,
0: magical... Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Jens Land Show where I connect the dots of innovation and entrepreneurship. My name is Jens Heitland and welcome to the show. Today's guest is a young entrepreneur. He's specialist in the information security and data privacy area, and he's a co-founder of two businesses. Please welcome to the show, Christian Ekström-Vidal. Hey
2: Christian, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. How are you doing? Hey Jens, lovely to be here, thanks. Yeah, I'm great looking forward to doing a little podcast here with you today.
0: (laughs) It's great to have another young mind in the podcast. So before we dive into a little bit about business, entrepreneurship and innovation, tell us a little bit
2: about yourself. All right, my story, let's go. Well, I'm uh, half Spanish, half Swedish. My mother is Spanish and my father is Swedish. And I was born in Spain, in Madrid, even if I uh, don't look like it, look like normal Swedish guy. So uh, that usually catches people off guard. What? You're Spanish? I don't see that. But I am. My parents divorced when I was uh, younger. And by some reason, when you speak with people, or at least in the old days, when people come up to you and and it comes up, oh, your parents are divorced. Oh, I'm so sorry for you. Like, what? Sorry? What are you sorry about? I mean, you get twice the Christmases, twice the birthdays, twice (laughs) the uh, vacations. No, it's great. I have twice the family and two homes. So are your parents not divorced? Well, I'm sorry for you then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I had a great upbringing. So I love sports. I love technology. I was always jumping between different sports. So when I was uh, younger, I mean, uh, tried it all. Tried football, handball, table tennis, badminton, gymnastics, wrestling, boxing, snowboarding, BMX, whatever. I didn't really think too much about it, I think, when I was younger Mm. until uh, recently or a while back when I was like, why do I do this? Why do I uh, jump between all different things? And I think it's because I'm a bit in love with the process, you know, in love with building it up, achieving your vision, achieving your goal. Mm. I think that's what keeps me moving on, keeps me trying new things because I just love creating something and love seeing if I can do it, which is why I think I would do uh, well in the entrepreneur uh, space because I can build something up. I can focus really hard and build up a business and a revenue stream. And then I can move on to the next thing and I don't have to worry about it. So uh, I think that's a strength, hopefully. Yeah.
0: So one part is your entrepreneurship journey where we dive deeper into. The other part is which some people might think like, okay, how does that work together? It's like the the information security and data privacy part. So how did you get to that proficiency and knowledge and, and like
2: know-how and over so, the last uh, years? I don't know. I've always been really interested in technology. And I think it's from my mother's side because anything with a microcontroller was broken or you didn't know how to fix your TV or whatever. She was the one you would call. So I think she's the catalyst for... Uh, that passion and interest. but yeah. And how I got into that, I don't know, I've always done different technology projects in the first time, like building computers, helping friends build computers, build different little projects. And so I know it was a natural path I would walk into that. Information security, it's a bit different, you can say, but it's still in the field. So I started working in IKEA nine years ago, mm. and I just kept moving on kept um, jumping from position to position, getting closer to IT, and then I got into IT. And I did that for a couple of years. And then I got the opportunity and the role I was. I felt like, okay, I'm not developing as much now. I feel like I'm not moving forward that quickly. So maybe I should try another field completely. Still in the same realm, but it's something new. It's something fresh. So I think that comes back to wanting to try new things and see if I can do it. So I jumped on the information security and data privacy train without too much experience of it really Mm. and i said that okay i will do this and i will do it good because i will train a lot i will like absorb all the knowledge i can from online i will do the trainings so uh, i got the opportunity to do it and it's worked out well because that was one year ago which is still pretty close but there isn't that much knowledge and people with the right skills for it yet in the world because i mean gdpr itself is like two and a half years old, three years old. Yeah, so yeah. You can't have gone on university training for it. You can't have prepared your life to be a data privacy professional. Hmm. Now I got the opportunity. I'm working hard for it. And I just focus on gaining knowledge to be able to perform my work. So yeah, it's been fun. So then you're venturing
0: into like entrepreneurship, One of the things that's how we met is the XYZ playground. So, how did you decide that, hey, this is something for me? I'm interested in that.
2: Well, I just thought that I was still working in IKEA. I was feeling like I want to put my time and focus on building something for myself and building something in a small group, maybe, because I had so much time to give when I was working in IKEA, I feel like on the side. And what if I can apply this time into myself and my own business? Where would I get the most back from investing my time and i thought mm-hmm. okay let's this project seems super interesting and super fun and I got the opportunity. I had an interview with uh Jen's the mind behind it and <laughs> and oh, it sounded just super interesting and be able to change the world and affect big business and corporations like this like we hope to do. It's just a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, but it's definitely... You never know. (laughs) You never know, exactly. It would be dumb to uh, miss it. So I jumped on the train, and here we are a couple of months later trying to develop something great. So So how do you see the world
0: as a young entrepreneur?
2: How do I see the world? I think there is a lot that will be improved and will be digitized that just has gone unnoticed. I think that everything that can be digitized, digitized will be digitized. And I think I want to put my eyes towards helping with that because there are so many old markets and sectors that are just ancient. We, the younger generation, needs to step up and say, hey, you need to start thinking in a more uh, futuristic way. Mm. There is ways to develop your business to adapt to the future, even if you don't think about it. I don't know. I think... There is a lot of value to give as a young person today because I think in a lot of businesses, the the old dinosaurs, as you say, are just not keeping up with the changing times. So I think we need to do our part here and really just develop the business world, I think.
0: Yeah. So if we dive further into XYZ Playground, so what is that about? What's XYZ
2: Playground? I think since you have already interviewed some of the (laughs) co-founders behind it, and most of them probably gave a similar answer and a well put answer. I'll give you an analogy instead. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so let's say we're a group of diverse young thinkers, and we can help an old dinosaur in the like very underdeveloped sector. Let's say we would take a med tech company or a med medicine company, for example. So this old dinosaur comes to us, and they say we have some problems. That needs to be fixed. So we take a look with this guy. We dive into his thinking and the processes, and see what's he doing today. What's issues you're dealing with today? And we can maybe we maybe see that okay, this employer is on the bottom ranked as attractive pl- employer for young people. Hmm. We have hard time attracting talent here. Okay, so that's an issue, and we share our processes and our thinking, and we try to just try to influence them with a younger mindset and a younger thinking. They adapt some of our thinking and some of our processes. A year goes by and they're able to attract young talent and they're able to move up 10 places and attract an employer. Wouldn't that be a great testimonial? Wouldn't that be a nice story to have? So that's a little bit what we're trying to do. We're trying to influence big business, trying to get them to see the world like we do, trying to just have them adapt to the rapidly changing technology climate and i mean a large part of our world and a large part of any business's customer is going to be the younger generation Mm. and the young generation has a super fast changing behaviors and change in technology and they adapt to everything so quickly and they expect big business to do the same and sometimes they're not able to move in that speed so that's where we come in and try to give a fresh set of eyes trying to give a a new set of processes to think around just to be able to adapt to the new, uh, fast-changing world.
0: Yeah. If we compare this to, let's say, a management consultancy, like we all know the big consultancies, what is the extreme difference that you guys are doing than a normal consultancy would be doing?
2: I mean, I think we will work in a more collaborative environment. We will work with them more and have a place and a space where we can just have them develop their own thinking with our help, have to just be the helping hand on the journey, just be there to support them and say, this is what we're thinking about, not have big consultancy firm like McKenzie and say, okay, here's your new business plan. This is because they're not going to understand what they did wrong before. Maybe Mm -hmm. we're trying to help their thinking adopt to the young generation, not just give them, the new set of rules which they maybe don't understand what they need to use so we're trying to create a place where we can explore the world together and see what works and see what doesn't work and just test in a real-time environment to see okay what is it that I need to improve I need to reach out to the younger generation how am I going to do that well since we're the younger generation we have the insights we have the feedback for you so we can provide that instantly and Trying to change the world from that side. I think we can provide a little safer space and a more uh, like more of a helping hand to be able to have them adopt their thinking easily. Because I think it's more easily adopt things if you're helped to the realization. Yeah. you have given the framework and said, This is what you did wrong before. This is the right way. But no, I don't really agree with that. I don't understand it. How will I get it? That's where we come in
0: yeah that's a great way of seeing it because I truly believe the same that the younger generation needs to step up and needs to help leaders of today and corporations of today to understand what is the way of thinking of young people and how they are thinking about the world, how they are thinking about the business and as well how they can support each other I mean it's a both way perspective where both the managers who would be engaging with you guys and as well, you guys will learn from each other. And that's a little bit win-win focus, which most probably will never be the case if you talk to the big consultancies.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably the big vision to have that win-win situation where we can, we can just extend this thing into a big community yeah, where we can have like a pool of resources with young persons that really want to get their ideas out. And then we have the, veteran executives that can just pick from a young excited mind pool and have the mutual benefit for both parties so i think that's the bigger vision here
0: yeah if we dive into innovation what is
2: innovation for you what's innovation i think i don't really think it needs to be like the big groundbreaking change Hmm. some people think of innovation like oh, you just solved that huge problem that no one thought they could solve. I don't know, waste management in rural towns in Africa or whatever. I think innovation for me is anytime you do something a bit better, hmm. anytime you improve something, improve your solution, improve your processes, anytime you just change something and think that, okay, this is working right now, but could be more efficient. could do it a bit better that's innovation for me i think realizing that a better solution is always around the corner just not settling the innovation mindset is just like not settling you know that you can do this better you have like the answer on the next page you know
0: what are the things in organizations you see and and you engage with that's not working when it comes to innovation what's holding innovation back
2: you want the inside IKEA scoop? You know? <laughs> no, no, it's not about IKEA, more in I, general. Well, I think you have big businesses, I think, have issue with big legacy solutions. Hmm. And I think in a lot of cases, which is insane, but the business is almost built around a big legacy solution. So you have a huge IT solution and then you build your business around it because yeah. and you integrate it in every part and it's just entangled everywhere and you don't know how to unravel it and just change it and it goes for the governance and for the it solutions and everything because how are you going to be willing to try new things if you don't know how to move away from what you already have yeah so you are unable to entangle your old it solutions you don't know how you can shut it down or how you can implement a new solution into the 15 year old solution you already have Hmm. which just leads you to say okay we're not going to touch that because we don't know what's going to happen if we shut this part down or if we change something there it's impossible
0: yeah it's quite interesting i've had exactly the same in two completely different companies even completely different industries like one was in the banking sector and one was more into security it's exactly the same. And what is quite interesting that a lot of people inside of that organization, they know it, but nobody's doing something about it. But what they are not realizing that the customers see it, the customer are feeling it because it's clunky. And even if they have no interface to the technology itself, they see that it is slow. They feel that things are super slow when you're engaged with this, if we call it like you said, like the dinosaur company, which is has been super successful over, whatever, 20, 50 years, but they feel it as well that it's
2: not working. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And another thing is I think a lot of managers and management positions are usually changed pretty fast. I mean, I don't know what a normal manager stays in a role, but a couple of years, three years maybe. Yeah. What do you focus on during those three years? Because you can't change anything long-term. you're Mm -hmm. going to focus on efficiency and reducing costs and gaining profit because that's measurable during that amount of time. Mm -hmm. You're not going to focus on the big innovation project that's going to give fruit in 5-10 years. So I think the incentives for short-term gains is just killing innovation as well in big corporations.
0: Yeah. How do you see that? Imagine in a couple of years you're successful with your own businesses and do a lot of interesting things. What are the things... How you see that you keep innovation life in your business?
2: I think ties back to what I said just now, but I have this will to just move forward, and I like to think that I have the innovation mindset that I I see a solution and I think, okay, this is not really working as intended. I know this can be worked on, so I think I will have the foresight and the insight to keep my business modular, so to Mm -hmm. say, and just Mm -hmm. be able to adapt to different things and pivot, not get too attached to paths and IT solutions and whatever it is. I hope I will have the strength to be able to let things go and just adapt to the changing climate and adapt to whatever gives me happiness and is working in the world. So yeah, So I think it's a lot about adapting and not clinging on too hard to things that are not working.
0: Yeah. So if we go towards entrepreneurship again, if you think like your friends, the people you know, how do they think about entrepreneurship and building businesses? Or are they thinking at all about these topics?
2: I don't think it's the... You're definitely the oddball if you're thinking about entrepreneurship as much as I do. So no, I don't think you're normal. In my circles, it's a very standard way of living. It's like, get a job, you mm. uh, get a family, you get a house, you get all the normal things that you're supposed to do. So... How do we think about entrepreneurship? I think it's still considered like this risky business.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How uh, can you leave the corporate world? How uh, can you do this? It's you had such a good job. You had it so nice. I mean, you could you could predict your future ten years from now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. How fun is that? No, but I don't like seeing myself in the same position or knowing where I would be in five years. Like, yeah and it doesn't appeal to me and i think i think just people are too comfortable too unwilling to dive into the unknown yeah that's just yeah. a big problem and i don't think I don't know if entrepreneurs today are admired or just frowned upon because they had the balls to do it. I I don't see too much entrepreneurship on a daily basis here where I live. So maybe I need to move. I don't know.
0: <laughs> no, it's quite interesting because that's truly something which is as well. I mean, one part is we're in 2021 in January, which is like at least in a lot of European countries, the second lockdown and all the pandemic stuff happening. Mm. But I think it's also like you said, it's where you are people in that culture are differently than in other cultures and you have experienced most probably maybe not from an entrepreneurship perspective but living in spain and living in sweden is completely different and i'm pretty sure that's also with the young minds in the different circumstances in like your age in a different country would be completely different and maybe even in a different city inside of sweden i don't know that this might be different
2: i think that's really interesting what you said now and uh... I think maybe because I traveled a lot when I was younger and still do. I've been to a lot of different places in the world. And being from a bilingual and bicultural background, Mm. I think I have an easier time to connect. And I like to connect people from different cultures and just to see how they work. And I think there's a lot of differences there. And it's really fun to explore that. And I think that's gonna be a very exciting thing in XYZ, just having the people from different cultures and I think we should focus more on that to the diversity and being able to work together with people from all over the world. And I think XYZ is really going to provide good insights into how we can work together with different cultural backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, which is super exciting for me. So I'm looking forward to that. I haven't had too much first-hand experience with it right now because I lived most of my life in Sweden so I wouldn't really know how to how the startup community in uh, let's say Serbia works yeah. or in uh, Asia or whatever. But to explore that is definitely and find um, not ways to exploit it, but ways to use it is yeah. would be exciting. And we can yeah, do XYC, I think.
0: That's a good point. To like how can you basically use the leverage of a global economy in connecting with each other and maybe doing business together and helping to move things forward to to create something better Hmm. and help other companies to do the same.
2: Yeah. And how will you adapt your business to fit all the different? Because today you can't just, if you're a global company, it's very hard to just, here's our business model. Here's how we do it. Hmm. Let's Hmm. just put this in Asia, in America, in Africa, and in Europe. No, it's not going to work most of the time. Absolutely. I was speaking to uh, some peers in my field in China. Hmm. So in information security. And it's completely different. We're talking like shadow IT. <laughs> oh, I saw the hairs on their arms rise up when I said shadow IT. So uh, it's completely different how we work on it. And here, here you just want to enable innovation and enable working efficiently on uh, letting people work how they want. But there, it's super regulated still. Mm. And mm. even if you're in a big corporation, if you're responsible for information security, you're the one liable if things doesn't work, which is yeah. crazy. <laughs> you can be fined and go to jail if uh, something is not working. So, uh, no, exploring that with X, Y, C is going to be very fun. And having a framework to be able to tell businesses, okay, we see that you're doing things great here in Europe, but you're not really adapting to the Asian markets. You're not yeah. really changing yeah. the right things and the right elements to be able to be successful in that market. I think we will be able to do that with the XYZ. Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) So slowly
0: getting towards an end. So if you could work on an interesting project, like of your choice, which is kind of connected to a lot of people around the globe, imagine like you work on a project which you can choose and that's helping a lot of people in the world. What project
2: would it be? What would you be interested in to dig into? I think What would be most interesting is connected to the dinosaurs, connected to the big old legacy sectors that haven't changed because they don't know how to. And just really having an impact in could be sustainable, green transformation, and just efficiency, and just improving the world and the people in it by transforming a big old legacy sector. Hmm. Like, I don't know, for example, uh, transportation, transportation of goods and people that has a lot of transforming to do. And there's a lot of development that needs to be done in that part Hmm. or like owning a car, for example. I mean, in what business would it be in a a good investment to have an asset that you utilize 2% of the time? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, for example, I have a car today and I rarely use it and it's still parked over there. It's costing me money every day, Yeah, but I'm going to use it three days from now. It's stupid. yeah. And I think just having an impact and a change in a business or a sector like that would be a very rewarding and interesting project to work on. I think that is a big task to take on. So, uh,
0: Yeah, I, I didn't say that it should be easy, but it's, yeah. it should be interesting to work on. So where will you be in a year from now? So like an interview
2: question. When yeah, yeah.
0: You. If we take it outside of the
2: business perspective, where will you be as a person? I think if we take a year from now, this year, I think I will focus a lot on knowledge, Hmm. just absorbing knowledge to take all the trainings and just get myself ready to do what I want with my project. So this year will be very knowledge focused, I think, just to get myself ready to do what I want to do.
0: That's what I think. That's one of the best investments I can tell you. Getting knowledge and growing with that because every little information you take to yourself, it will form a system of neurons in your brain. And then it's kind of things are connecting that are normally not connected. So it's one of the best things I have ever done. It's educating
2: myself. Yeah, I think so too. And I I hope it will work like interest compounding. So Yeah, exactly. Just keep adding to it and it will grow itself and it will provide so much more value than what you it will, Put 100%. <laughs> so, so that will be my year now, I think.
0: Last question. How do you keep yourself up to date? What are the things you get your knowledge from
2: right now? I think right now it's just mainly news sites, uh, hmm. which are so up to date today. So it could be like Morning Brew subscriptions, Wall Street Journal, Market Watch, just following um, interesting people on social media. Following like Simon Sinek and the Tim Ferriss and Gary Vee and Jens Heitlands. So, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think me. that's the most. Uh, <laughs> I think that's where I consume most knowledge now or keep up to date.
0: Yeah. Now it's quite interesting that you take both like conventional news perspective, which is like news sites and social media. So it's a mix
2: for you then. I think it's super interesting in the society today because you have to work your ass off to have a non-biased opinion and view yeah. of the world because if you just sit and consume the content that you always consume on youtube and on facebook and on linkedin and whatever you're going to have such a misinformed view of the world yeah we can talk about this another day maybe but i think that's the biggest problem today in our society just the gap that it's creating in the world and we're more divided than we've ever been so that how do you keep up to date is something that people should really look into and how they do it today because you're going to be so misinformed if you are not criticizing your sources and yeah. you not looking twice on what it is that you're really reading because you're going to get fed. You're going to like something and then you're going to get fed with that. Yeah. So make sure that you uh, like something really unbiased and like something that's reasonable
0: now it's quite interesting point. because i heard yesterday from someone he's saying i'm liking things i don't like just to get understanding of the others and why you don't like it that's a good trick yeah because the system or algorithms are feeding you with the stuff you like or don't yeah. like
2: so that's an interesting topic i think but just try and find unbiased sources yeah. and find information from a large many different places I think.
0: yeah cool Thank you very much for your time. It was great talking to you. Thank I'm looking you. forward to be part of your journey and seeing seeing your development.
2: <laughs> it's going to be awesome to work together now uh, in the future and see what we can come up with. Yes. Cool. Thank All you right. very
0: much, Christian. Talk
2: to you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, this is Jens again. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you have listened to, please subscribe to the podcast and share the episodes with your friends and people you think might like it too. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, please follow me on social media or look me up at jensheitland.com. Thank you very much and see you in the next
1: episode.